Characters Here podcast. I am your host, Arthur and artist, Sharday. On this show, we talk about our goals and dreams and becoming our better selves. You'll be inspired by incredible interviews and motivated by success stories. And the best part is you'll be a part of the community. Yes, you can be a character too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment. And for more information, visit charactersheres.com. Born and raised in Houston, Texas, he attended Prairie View A&M University and graduated with an architecture degree. A full-time artist, music producer, and entrepreneur, married with a 10-year-old and a baby on the way, 31 years young, and a special guest on Characters Here, Sean Dowdy. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How you doing? <laughs> Good. So we're going to get right into the interview. Tell us what was your childhood like? What were some things, or what did you want to be as an adult? What did you do as a kid? Oh, man, I wanted to be too much. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I grew up to be too much, but in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least when I was younger, I think the first thing I wanted to do was um, be a police officer. And mm. at least growing up, realizing how much they was hated <laughs> and how much I ain't, I ain't like me. And I was like, why am I going to want to be something I don't like? <laughs> so, yeah. And then I figured out I might be a firefighter. And then I was like, hmm, I don't really like people like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I might just go ahead, you know what I'm saying, try to find something else. But ultimately, um, I got into music. uh which was not so much like accidental because I was always like in love with sounds that I was hearing and different things like that. But I knew that I wanted to be a producer in many forms of uh, any kind of thing. But I know I wanted to be a producer in music at some point in my life when I was younger. Mm. Was there anybody like a relative maybe that you saw that you looked up to because they were in music or... Was it just somebody you looked up to as a role model growing up? Uh, I mean, as far as music, um, uh, I would probably say Pete Diddy. Mm. <laughs> probably Pete Diddy because, I mean, he was running, like, the show in the 90s. I mean, I was yeah. born in 87, so I just didn't mm-hmm. up my time frame. But uh, when I was looking at Diddy coming up and everything, I was like, man, this dude is, like, flashy, but... You know, he, he got his own his label. And I was just yeah. saying, like, all these record companies, I knew other record companies, but just to see, like, a black man just dancing, doing his thing, and helping other people get on, seeing that early, I wanted to be that, you know? Yeah. Puff Daddy was all over. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, all over. Dancing all in your videos. <laughs> you know I'm pretty surprised he wasn't really in commercials like that, but. You know uh, what's so I mean, true. He had his own commercials and stuff with his like labels, but that's what I liked about it. everything that he was involved in was basically his own. Nineties was your uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, how old were you around ninety nine? Were you a teen at that time, or? Uh, I believe it was about eleven, twelve. So wow. yeah, the nineties was your childhood. What? Why do you think now, like the nineties, is so missed? It seemed like it's like this big nostalgia with, like, everybody wants to go back to the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, with understanding just with me personally, I mean, it's not even to say that this is the right answer. But in my opinion, I feel like the 90s is the last point of, like, reality as mm. far as, um, like, living life without as much technology. And then the beginning of seeing it all being pushed onto you you know mm. like, well, I remember in the 90s you you didn't have you didn't even know who was calling you you know right. saying, on your phone until caller ID came out caller ID right. came out it gave you a different kind of persona you like okay I can see who's calling now I can feel like I can actually ignore somebody instead of answering every call and feel like I'm missing out on something yeah. you know, that's just a small aspect you know people like with Toys R Us closing down now uh, mm-hmm. Like we used to play with toys a lot. Mind yeah. you, I've never even been to a Toys R Us because that well, that wasn't in our budget. You know, right? So we went to uh, 
other people's house with, with toys. <laughs> that was our toys. Uh, I'm like, how'd you get this? They're like, um, that dollars, uh, the, uh, the Happy Meal uh, toy or whatever. That's, that was our that was our Toys R Us. But, you know, like a lot of different things that kids experience now uh, are like things that we didn't so much get a chance to or uh, we know life without it. And that was like the joy mm-hmm. of it, you know. So how did you make the decision to go to college and then study architecture? Uh, well, um... Well, with college, uh, I had two other choices before I even went to Prairie Like, Prairie wasn't my first choice, but it mm-hmm. was the college that my mom went to. Uh, she went to Prairie She graduated in 78. Wow. And, uh, like, when my first choice was, I remember, like, different colleges coming to our school. Like, and I, at my school, I went to South Ferry High School. It was like a big 5A uh, high school and the suburbs had like a lot of different mixed races, but it had a lot of different mixed options when all the college recruiters came through. So mm-hmm. uh, I know at that time I was drawing houses a lot. Like I mean, I knew that if I was gonna not make it in some kind of form with music producing that I knew I was going to fall back on some kind of education that would still make me a million dollars. <laughs> that mm. was like my off, like my point just going into college, knowing that whatever I'm going to study, I'm going to get a million dollars out of it. And <laughs> at least with that, I knew, I knew how to draw. So it was just something that it was easy for me to, to choose architecture whenever I, all the college recruiters came through. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, one of the schools was Arizona State University, mm-hmm. and I had applied for them. Mainly, what was crazy is <laughs> at that time I was trying to eat differently, and I was like, I was looking through their pamphlet, and I was like, oh man, they got a crazy ass salad bar. And I, said, <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna choose the school because they had architecture available and they had a bomb ass salad bar. I was oh like, man, goodness. I'm gonna go there just to try their salad, you know what I'm saying, and probably leave, <laughs> and leave the state. Because at that time, I was, like, just trying to experience the world, like, at an early age because I knew I wanted, I was ready to leave the house, you know. Mm. I didn't want to be one of those kids that, to stay in the house or nothing. I was already 17, graduating high school. So I'm like, I'm trying to see what's up. So yeah. uh, I had applied for Arizona State. They ain't let me uh, go to the school because my uh, GPA was too low. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try Sam Houston because my sister went to Sam Houston, my uh, next oldest sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew uh, I knew the people that well, she was hanging around with, like all the different alphas and whatnot. Like I even wanted to pledge at that time. But uh, Sam Houston didn't let me go in because of my GPA. So I was wow. like, man, I'm like, can I even get into school? And then... At yeah. that time, uh, I was about to graduate, and I was like, I wasn't like the best kid in, in school. But at that <laughs> time, like around February, uh, before I ended up graduating high school, I got a letter from Prairie View saying that I was accepted. But at least with architecture, uh, I chose that because, of course, I was uh, heavily into drawing. Like I was drawing all the time. I I got kicked out of classes in, in high school just because I was drawing and not paying attention. So it was something that I knew that I connected with personally and that I was good at. And I was always drawing house, uh, houses and floor plans and landscape, different things like that. So I did all of that without rulers. And I mean, I did all that without the knowledge of how to actually, you know, design houses and stuff. I did all yeah. that freestyling, so I felt like when it got time to study all that stuff, it would be uh, a lot easier. And I got fooled because it was not as easy as I thought it was. <laughs> because when the college recruiter came to our school, I was uh, I had asked him. I say, so basically the whole four years of uh, college, all we design is houses, and that's it. They was like, that's it. I was like, cool. <laughs> that's what I do. I'm like, that's perfect. 
And as soon as I get yeah. into the degree, you know what I'm saying? We design it in like schools, uh, yep. like animal shelters, churches, <laughs> uh, farms, all this other stuff. Like we ain't do houses until my last year of college. And mind wow. you, like I had this six years now. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. damn. Like I done took all this time to the you know, studying in this degree that I felt was gonna be one way and another. It mm-hmm. ended up being another and you know, I, I don't know if you had this experience, but I know a lot of other people had this experience. What we talked about uh, amongst like college students is um, like living for other people. And this mm-hmm. is like one of the things where people will stick with a degree because that's what your parents wanted you to do. And yep. at that time, I, like two years in, I wanted to switch my degree straight up and just go into teaching history, like to get my yeah. degree with teaching history because I was real big on history, I was doing better in all my electives and classes that wasn't architecture than my actual architecture class. So that also told me that I wasn't like a terrible student, I was just learning more things that I wasn't interested in as much. Yeah. So I tried to tell my parents like, yo, I wanna switch my degree. And it was like, no, nah, you just stay with architecture, you're almost done and like, <laughs> two years left and it'll be like four more years. So me yep. trying to do some shit that I didn't really want to do in the first place. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, uh, it wasn't until after I graduated, you know, knowing that hard lesson of, you know, living for somebody else. And, you know, it, some good can come out of it, but you yeah. might end up wasting a lot more time doing other things that might not even pertain to you or might hold you back in different other aspects of this is one of them kind of life lessons I feel like I learned, but a lot of other people learn as well. Yes. I had talked about this probably a few times on the podcast mm-hmm. about being like a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to call it that or admit that it was that when I was younger because I was just like, no, I'm sticking to it because I, I do like it, but I'm not doing mm-hmm. this just for me. I'm doing this right. for my family. I'm doing this for all of Oak Cliff. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing it for people who wouldn't go back and do it for your ass. You know? Right. I'm like, you ain't going to school to do all this homework. You telling me, oh, it's simple. Like, I'm studying shit that you never even studied before. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? And yeah, that that's a hard lesson to learn. You know, it is. In, in between uh, the uh, learning the lessons, but once you out of that situation you overcome it that's like the better part of what makes you you how did you, how, which one came first music or art and how did you get into music producing and what was your story to get into art uh music came first for me uh definitely because like i was just man i <laughs> Like, I'm just sitting here remembering all the moments of, like, what makes music so great for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a lot of different experiences. But uh, I could just remember on top, riding in the back of the car, like, going across town with my mom or my dad or wherever. Me just sitting in the back seat. And they have an CD in the car. Or my, my sister got her... Uh, her big old folder of like all the different CDs, but back then, <laughs> that's that's what was popping at that time. You know what I'm saying? We didn't yeah. have MP3s like that. We had CDs <laughs> and we would carry them in a big case. So she had this big old like a hundred something pack case of CDs. So I'm sitting there flipping in the back, putting on uh, whatever kind of CDs she got and. It got me also like the options of the CDs and hearing different kinds of music uh, kind of put me into a perspective of, you know, wanting to create something mm. out of like all of these different sounds that I was hearing at the time. So, yeah, uh, what was awesome about, uh, you know, music being sampled at that time, it was all in my head. But it wasn't like a big kind of thing, like how it is now. And I think the mm. the thing that we that got me interested in sampling music as a producer was uh, the first time I heard Kanye West. And mm. like, I remember I was mad because 
I was hearing it on 97.9, the first song, the first song I ever heard from him, first time I ever heard of him was on 97.9 down here in Houston. Mm-hmm. They ain't like give no other kind of intro to it. They was like, y'all just got to hear it and we, uh, y'all t- call in and tell us what you think. It was that <laughs> kind of song. So I was like, okay, well, what they about to play? Then they ended up playing uh, Through the Wire. I'm like, man, out the, I was like, oh, we on now. I was like, I don't know who this Houston artist is, but we on now. <laughs> I was like, they can't stop us after this. <laughs> and it was like, new artist from Chicago, Kanye West. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I was mad because I, I really thought we had like a legend come out of nowhere, you know, yeah. with that. But that was the feeling that I got, you know what I'm saying, from that music. And I was like, that, I knew that was a sample, but I don't know how it was done or whatever, but I just knew ever since then, I wanted to sample music. Nice. Mm -hmm. Where does art come from? Oh man, okay. So with art, (laughs) art uh, came from basically (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Really? Yeah, it's, it's as random as it is. Like, this is one of them kind of things where I know, um, like, I tell people all the time, this is why I would let my kids watch cartoons and I wouldn't let them not watch it because mm-hmm. you never know what inspiration you get from that. And right. it was so small for me that uh, I remembered it, like, throughout my whole life. And the only thing it was, it was like, one of the uh, episodes, uh, not the episodes, but one of the theme songs, because the theme song of Scooby-Doo was always changing throughout yeah. our lifetime. So if you ever probably really was up on it, it was always switching like, almost every year, some kind of mm-hmm. different style of theme song. But I remember one year, I don't know what it was, in the 90s, they had where uh, uh, Scooby and Shaggy was running through the theme song and mm-hmm. they ended up running through this uh through this uh like a what's they call the uh, like a bookshelf but when um. they ran through the wall the bookshelf started rotating but they ran through it and it kept spinning and spinning and spinning and that was like a strong symbolization for me as an artist just to be like man when i want to design houses I want those secret compartments in mm-hmm. my house for if somebody broke in, they will miss a whole lot of stuff because they think it wasn't there. Yeah. Know? So like I like the movie Panic Room just for that reason alone. Right. And, like <laughs> people don't think of those smaller things nah. that makes bigger things and like people are always like you watch Scooby Doo and that's what got you in architecture. I'm like, man, you weren't paying attention hard enough. Sure was it? You <laughs> were, <laughs> but that's what it was for me. So that's what you know is cool about how everything kind of transitions as far as creativity from the childhood to you know adult age. That's so funny. That that's funny when you said they was running. I was like, okay, what room did they go into? And as soon as you said the bookstore, up uh, the bookstore. As soon as you mm-hmm. said the bookshelf, I was like. I remember mm-hmm. that bookshelf. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that you you are not lying because seeing that as a kid, that really like woke something up in me. And not mm-hmm. even just that, it was the movie like um, Panic Room that made mm-hmm. me go like, okay, you know, we having tornadoes in Texas, so <laughs> right, right. we gonna have like this underground funny. place to go to under yeah. the house. Like it's gonna be cold. <laughs> so what was the like the steps that you took? Or that you believe that you took made it able for you to be your own boss? Uh, <laughs> man, failures. To be honest, like <laughs> failures. Failures really just a reminders of uh, what you built. Uh, you know, that's that's what I had to learn. Like throughout mm. so many years of college alone, you know, like yeah. being on your own, but being so headstrong like i don't know if it's me being a cancer or whatnot but i'm just was like i was i was always growing up to not really ask for much because i was told no so many times that i wouldn't Mm -hmm. i just stopped asking people for shit because i didn't want to have that uh i didn't want to have that negativity for one and i just didn't want nobody to tell me something 
that I feel like I can do for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I took from my childhood going into adulthood, but that mentality also hurt sometimes. But because of mm-hmm. you know the trial and tribulation, but it also helped because you know it let me know what I was built and made of. You know, I was actually stronger versus you know having my mind worrying so much about how something is going to get fixed versus having my mind fixed on how I'm going to go ahead and fix this. Like, mm-hmm. not so much worrying about the problem, but just, you know, worrying more about the solution. And just, yeah. You know, trying to get it done myself. So, like, with that alone, just taking that mentality and knowing that things are going to happen, I would have been homeless probably like three times throughout college. And mm-hmm. all those times, like, I remember mainly my, I was going to say my favorite time because it's not like something, <laughs> not just something, you know, that you were like, oh, man, that was, that was days, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, but one of the times where I remember, uh, like, I ain't had no place to stay, but I had a car. So, yeah, yeah it's also my mom was worked around the resources that I did have. And at that time, I, although I didn't have no place to stay, like, this was my my year I was graduating college like um mm-hmm. not wanting to go to my parents house because I was probably like an hour and some change away from the school and I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna go through that commute yeah and, uh, I just ain't like asking a lot of other people for stuff because we are college students so we right. pretty much all barely holding on for the most part but mm-hmm. at least at with Prairie View the people that I was working with we were all into music at the time so our mm-hmm. safe haven was uh the uh connect studios that a lot of people would go to and we spent a lot of time there because uh some of us ain't really had nowhere else to go like myself mm-hmm. and that was just the place to be until it just closed down like you know it was time to go so yeah. when it was time to go i would just go sleep in my car and luckily I had my grand am at that time and mm-hmm. like with that car you can plug in your phone uh, and charge it with the car off and that was like a smooth oh. blessing you know what I'm saying you had one yeah. the things with the uh the uh like the cigarette lighter still in there like it was yeah. that kind of car so it was an older model but it was still working it was still good it got me from A to B and then some but that was yeah. my place where I would stay and I would keep my, I pulled out my blanket that I would have in the trunk because it was like getting kind of cold around that time for once in Houston because it don't get <laughs> cold in Texas like that. But when it was, I, I was prepared. So it also taught me, you know, different things. And, you know, I also had to hustle in between time. Like I would still be working, but I just didn't have a place to stay. So yeah. with that alone, uh, I would plug in my phone and I would sleep in the car. And uh, it would be two things that I would do every time, like, I'd go in the back of my car. One of the things it would be, because I ain't really had nothing to eat at the time, well, what I would do, uh, they were out, there was an app that came out. It was like new, it was new at that time. It's not so new now, but a lot of people still use it, but it's called Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you can go on Pinterest, and you look at all these different recipes and food. So I, I was like, man, I would just go scanning, scanning, scrooge, swiping, 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 and adding in like a whole bunch of different recipes into a catalog of things that I would want to eat one day. <laughs> and I was like, man, when I get my spot, when I get my money right, I'm going to end up trying that dish and I'm going to cook that whole. And it's just going to remind me of the times when I didn't have opportunity to do so. So mm. every time I look back on Pinterest now, it still reminds me of those times where I didn't have the opportunity to make this meal. You know, so I didn't have the opportunity to have a roof over my head or different things like that. So it's a lot of things that I would do to not only humble myself, but to kind of get over my hunger. So mm-hmm. if I couldn't go to sleep, I would look through Pinterest. And if I wasn't looking through that, the other thing I would do was uh, download the Google Earth map. And I would mm-hmm. search throughout, like all throughout the universe of different places and what places it actually looked like. I would just swipe, 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 and just wherever it landed, 
I zoomed into that area, and a lot of times it took me to places like Africa and Australia, mm-hmm. Europe, other places that wasn't America. And yeah. I was always zooming in to see what the landscape was like. And they got some beautiful roads. They got roads way better than mm-hmm. how it is here in Texas. I'm like, damn, dog, like, who's y'all architecting like this? <laughs> like, for real, because our shit has got potholes and Okay. <laughs> for real. But uh, it was one of those kind of moments where I looked at the rest of the world to know that one day I'm going to see it. That it. Basically, you have to change the way you think. That I've been listening to a lot of uh, motivational speakers and a lot of people with money, especially with the access of YouTube. Like, it's so much you can learn now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's all it comes down to, I keep hearing over and over again, is consistency and change the way you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I believe that as a whole heart. Because, you know, with me, I think over the past years, procrastination has been one of the things mm-hmm. I had to attack within myself. And yeah. once you do a self-evaluation of yourself, then you'll know most of the time your success is you yourself are doing things that you shouldn't be doing or you know, say you're involved in things that don't need to pertain to you and all this other stuff. And you can be a more, uh, you can destroy yourself quicker than anybody else can at the end of the day. And right. that's what I had to realize with a lot of different things as far as thought process, you know, like I stopped yelling at people as much. <laughs> so I'm like, you wrong this, this, this. But I'm like, you got to change a lot of things that you're bringing upon yourself to uh, yeah. make a more positive aspect of your life, you know? So, uh, it, I mean, it's if I don't say nothing else that people can learn from, at least they can learn from that and kind of move yeah. forward, you know, of, you know, making their life better. Are your family and friends supportive? Well, to be honest, uh, not always. <laughs> not mm-hmm. always. I mean, I'm being completely honest. Like, yes. it hasn't been, it's probably been maybe, hmm, well, probably since I was maybe 26 that my dad was probably starting to believe in me and actually what I wanted to do was going to be for me. And, yeah. you know, like with him, it was more so like, hey, I want you to do this. And you went to school for architecture, so I want you to, you know what I'm saying, looking at architecture firm. And architecture firms, I always felt was mm-hmm. like snooty and something that just wasn't for me. But mm-hmm. I also knew that what I wanted to do was own an architecture firm. I never wanted to really work for one, but I wanted mm-hmm. to own one. And I felt like, uh, like a lot of people just ain't believe me. Like teachers, even professors that I had, and um, you can't always tell somebody that they can't do something because I'm pretty sure somebody right. told Barack that he would never be president. Like when I was a kid, somebody told me that you couldn't be a president because you was black. And then I stopped wow. wanting to be a president. And then I saw Barack come up president. I was like, oh, sh-. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad he did it, you know what I'm saying? Because I probably wasn't going to do it because somebody mm-hmm. told me that I couldn't because X, Y, Z. You know? Yeah. And now that X, Y, Z doesn't matter, it was just another symbolization of like, okay, anything is definitely possible. Even if it's not me doing it, somebody else, you know, can accomplish those things too. But right. with like, I would say friends, you, friends, uh, I don't really have too many of them, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the friends I do have, uh, like I consider like family, you know, like that kind of close. Mm-hmm. Everybody else would be like, you know, associates and people that you yeah. work with here and there, you know, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. one of the words I take, you know, very, very seriously because your actions really speak into what you are but yeah. uh, my friends that became family they were very very strong and supportive you also have to take in those aspects that everybody's still not built the same even family and friends mm-hmm. they might not mm-hmm. understand what's for you but you will always understand what's for you you just gotta believe yeah. in yourself and make those accomplishments and just don't give up on yourself that way you can go ahead and prove other people wrong 
yourself is really what matters pertains first right yeah and speaking of accomplishments how did you end up getting the painting to miss uh felicia rashad uh i wanted to have a exhibit at um prairie because i would mind you like i'm just getting into art since october of last year and like i haven't been like a painter for that long but i've been with uh my wife now i've been with her since uh uh march last year and she had been an artist for like 11 years well not 11 years but uh since 2011 my bad but since uh 2011 and uh like i got a lot of my artistic abilities that i have now from her and you know mm-hmm. saying we've just been working since then uh but i know I, it was one day uh we would, uh i went to very back to school to talk to my old supervisor who works in mm-hmm. the library uh on the top floor and um, i went to them just to try to get information about you know uh, how to have an art exhibit at the school yeah and i was like oh well um this and this and that um i had because i had already did the painting uh, of felicia rashad because i love her that much you know saying so she's like been that female inspiration for mm-hmm. like for before i even go further with uh that situation i always seen felicia rashad as that example of what i felt like a woman should be like present yeah. herself like she reminded mm-hmm. me of my mom and but when i went to the school uh mind you, like i went there to get information about how to have an art exhibit and my uh, old supervisor told me oh well felicia rashad is actually gonna be at um at prayer view for uh, this date here for something i think it was in march and uh i was like oh man that'd be cool if i could actually meet him and then if I, it'd be cool if i could actually you know saying give her this pain because i showed her, my supervisor the pain too she was like, yeah, mm. we could try to get that set up, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, cool. You know how the, that try, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it has yeah. a, it's a funny word, you know what I mean? It's a very <laughs> empty word. It's like a strong maybe because it's only yeah. strong because it's three letters. So it's that close to <laughs> no, and but it's also that close to the yes. So it's like, ah, I don't yeah. know. But, you know, um, <laughs> next thing you know, um, they made it happen because um, I had a... Uh, they also she also hooked me up with um, this other lady that was over the northwest campus of Prairie and uh, helped me to have my own exhibit for Black History Month. So I had did like a mm-hmm. whole bunch of different paintings of like specifically for that month, but also had some of my work and my wife's uh, work displayed there for uh, the whole month of February, and mm-hmm. that was just like cool that because that was i never had like a moment like that you know like mm-hmm. but uh at least with you know what I'm saying that's how it happened with uh connecting uh with uh the school to present the pain to felicia rashad when she did come to preview it was actually her first mm-hmm. time coming to preview like wow. ever and i was like cool i was like man it's my moment to actually meet her and I yeah. gave her a painting that I did for her, and I did I took a picture, and I told her like what she meant to me as a person, mm-hmm. and that was like a good moment for me because for once in my life I actually get got to meet somebody that I admired and let them know how I felt about them yeah. positively, you know. But oh wait, that's not the only one. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> South by Southwest. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was hella random too. And, uh, <laughs> I might actually enter the competition again for next year, just to nice. just to let them know that I'm back. Yes. Right. <laughs> something else. You know, like oh, you ain't like that one. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? I got this. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Hit them with that. But uh, hit them with that rehash. But. <laughs> at the same time, uh, like last year, yeah, it was um, uh, the Southwest, Top by Southwest gaming competition. And mm-hmm. I heard about it while I was creating my game. And I, what? But I, I mean, not creating it, but like getting it to develop to like a final stage to play. 
because okay. the game itself, I had made the game way back in 2011. So, yeah. like, I had made the game, the car game. It's called Stereotypes, but and mm-hmm. I don't know where the idea really just came about, but it was really within, like, a two-minute time frame of me thinking, okay, I want to make a game, but I want to make a game mm. that brings people together of different races and I wanted something to be honest because at this time where I was uh, in my studies, I was really getting all the honest information finally, historically wise, yeah. of things that existed with that in mind and just wanting so much honesty in my life. I wanted to create a game that made other people honest about, uh, you know, how they viewed or perceived other people to be like you know what I'm saying not to say that them personally that's their view but mm-hmm. I wanted to make I wanted to bring innocence to the idea but I wanted to bring uh, honesty out as well so so mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of psychological games but you can it's very fun and, and hilarious you know what I'm saying of course depending on you know the level of sensitivity people can be playing with but most of the time i played it it's it's been all love and it's been like hilarious because people are like of different races you know what i'm saying are given the same objective thoughts as each other and the game lets you know that hey we're not too different from one another we're all basically right. the same and we're all basically at the time and it's mm-hmm. and it's funny ways that we can actually communicate about these thoughts you know it is that kind of game because it's not one that lets you have a conversation about like why you say that or what you what made you think of that especially when you you saying something that somebody else that's not even like you is saying at the same time it's it's really one of the yeah. kind of thought-provoking games but yeah, I had presented the game to uh, to them. It was actually like all white folks, but it was one black dude uh, that was on the <laughs> panel. I mean, he was cool. Yeah. But uh, I didn't win the competition, but I got uh, I got business cards from basically all of them on the panel. So it wasn't like a bad nice. idea, and you know that alone still gave me connections. See, now I I like that it it. It doesn't remind me of it, but I like it because, in a sense, it gives me that. Um, what's the name of that game? It got really popular a few years back. Uh, it's like a card game that just asks you about different black stuff, and then they just started doing other like conversations with it. I think it's called Cards for People. People for uh, people all for people. cards. Yeah, that's uh, the, um, yeah. Or Cards for People. I think that's what it's called. But that's the company. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're probably thinking the Black Card Revoke. Black card revoked. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's in same, I had it's in that same <laughs> realm of card game, but it's not like yeah. any own itself. It's just another culture game. Is there a quote that you live by that you maybe read from a book or just heard somebody say, and it just motivated you and it keeps motivating you to this day? I can't remember any specific quote, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two books. It could be a person too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's at least one book that I knew stood out to me. I feel like a lot of people, you know, got a lot of good knowledge from it. But it was uh, mm-hmm. Rich Dad Poor Dad. And yeah. what was funny about the book is that I came across the book in like my high school ages. I think my dad had got it for my sister. Uh, I came across the book again like years later it was 2015 and uh like i was reading it because uh uh like in the past relationship i guess her dad got it for her older sister and then it somehow got in her hands but she never read it and i read it yeah. and I, was, I kept reading it that was like one of the books where i couldn't stop reading it because it just made yeah. so much sense I remember the quotes, but I remember the mantra that it was teaching. And the whole idea mm-hmm. was it that, you know, he had like two different dads. And uh, I mean, he had a mom too, but 
he had like a stepdad. Like his real dad was basically what represented the poor dad. He wasn't like see, he didn't have money, but he didn't have mm-hmm. money saved up. So he was one of the types that was the cookie cutters that working for forty years yep. and trying to retire. And then his rich dad was into investments and like real estate and different ideas and different mm-hmm. things that you know made money work for him instead of him working for the money. But that book yeah. was very powerful in its message of the difference between the thought process, your mind frame of being successful and growing as a person, you know, not trying to follow the other paths, but knowing that it's okay to go your own path and, you know, making something of it. So, like, that's the main lesson I got from that book. You can tell when a book is good when it seems like you just keep resurfacing. Yeah. Oh yeah, like if you if you ever at a light, if you ever at a stoplight and you try to grab the book just to read a sentence, you know it's a good book. You know what I'm saying? You know right. It's a good book. Like those are one of the books. That's what I'm glad for. Yeah, I would be reading it on my lunch break and I would be like, man, I'm about to quit yeah. this job now. You know what I mean? And I did. Now. And I did. You know what I mean? I yeah. Like, and I felt no regrets because that book made me feel that way. It made yeah. me feel like so powerful to know that hey, it's okay to quit your job because you know that's not you. Like, right. you know it's not where you gonna be in life, and like even mm-hmm. a year from now, even maybe a month from now, you like okay. As I'm reading this, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give them about three weeks so I can get this full paycheck, and at least two of them. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I'm out this money. <laughs> and are you working on any new projects? Uh. Um, I'm about to. I mean, as far as like the the card game, that's the uh, the newest thing that I'm. You know, saying so at least waiting to get in my hands so I can start marketing that. Um, but I mm-hmm. mapped out um, a few art projects that I'm working on uh, for the rest of this year. Like uh, upcoming, I know I'm working on something for like the mayor of the city of Houston, and also uh, a, a piece that I wanted to do for uh, Tom Joyner. Because I know mm-hmm. he's about to retire, so I want to have something that can okay. also, you know, commemorate him and his the success of, you know, how what he represents as far as, like, radio and, and business-wise. Because yeah. he's helped a lot of people, like, he's helped a lot of okay. people go to college. And I don't feel yes. like he gets the appreciation that he deserves as a person, so I felt like, you know, our piece for him, you know, that could definitely work for that. Um, yeah. And also, uh, me growing up. I love wrestling, and uh, I'm working. I'm gonna be working on another series for uh, like the history of uh, black wrestlers. You know, it's like all oh, the ones that you different you forgot about. You know, what I'm saying you know people know of the Rock. You know, what I'm saying, but people forget about Booker T. People forget about Farouk. People forget about like Dino Brown. You know, what I'm saying like The Godfather. You you got a whole lot of different ones. That, you know, what I'm saying like. That we didn't had the experience of seeing, but the, even while they were wrestlers, they didn't get the accolades that they deserved. Sure you know, and so I wanted Ooh. to have like art to also commemorate that as well. And with a uh, breast cancer awareness month coming up, I wanted to do a piece for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just a lot of different art, um, um, mainly with that. I am so glad for this interview because, like I tell each interviewee. I'm learning just so much just hearing other people's story. Yeah. And it also lets me know, like, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and the majority of stuff that I'm like, dang, I feel so like, am I the only creative crazy person? Mm. <laughs> it's you a lot of us out here. To be creative, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed this interview, but we're not done yet. We got some fun and random questions, which is like my favorite part of each interview. Mm-hmm. So, just the first thing to come to your head, that's just how you answer. Oh, okay. I'll do it. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? I would say Costa Rica. Oh, nice. But that I'm, I'm only saying that because I can't tell you my other places if I happen to disappear. <laughs> disappear from Earth. Because it's been my plans for all this life. Uh, if I make a lot of my money that I need to make, go you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and Take care of family and disappear. Okay. I would pick Costa Rica, you know what I'm saying, because, I mean, it's a lot of our people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a beautiful island I've heard about. I haven't been there, but I've seen a lot of pictures enough to know that, hey, I feel like 
I would be connected to that yeah. place, and I would love it. Yeah. What was your first car? 2002 uh, Saturn SL1. Wow. And it was in maroon. <laughs> and it was maroon. And that hoe got me from A to B for a long See? time, but when that hoe was out, it, it was, was out. Yeah. You know it was done. What is something that you appreciate about your wife? Uh, her skills and art, like, this is the reason why I do art now, you know what I mean, is because of me meeting her. But I appreciate her existence because it made sense of what I envisioned before I even knew her. And, like, I tell her she doesn't believe me, though. <laughs> but I tell her, like, I tell everybody pretty much every time we have even have a conversation on this topic. But it was a, it was a dream that I had. Like, I had a dream of, like, seeing my apartment being designed with pictures of, like, famous people around, mm-hmm. and they were all in black and white. And then when I saw her artwork, it was basically pictures of famous people, how I saw mm-hmm. it, like, artistically, like, as a portrait, but everything was she, that she was doing was in color. So I was like, man, like, it was like a, a strong symbolization of how she brings color to like my life basically but like it, it was it's very crazy because like when i saw her artwork it was exactly how my dream was envisioned it's just like seeing it differently and seeing that hey this needed to be around me for like ever yeah <laughs> so is there a song from your childhood or your teens that you still remember the words to uh I mean, I remember where it's a lot of them, not like something that I can recite everything yeah. to, but um, uh, I would probably say Men in Black by Will Smith, <laughs> you know, but what's weird, I promise it, like, what's very weird is that that was my first hip-hop album wow. that I ever had. What is the most recent thing you laughed about? Oh man, it was weird and corny, but it's weird because oh, snap. <laughs> it, reminded, it, it reminded me of like the times that I was high, but I wasn't high at the moment, uh-huh. which made it even funnier. <laughs> but I know me and my wife, we was at the movie the other day, and uh, we was watching uh, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, <laughs> but before we went to go to the movie... I had pulled off in the parking lot because I pulled up there to the uh, parking lot of the movie theater a little early. Uh, but I was like, man, I just just pulled off to the Dollar Tree and went to go get some snacks. So I'm getting the snacks and I'm putting them all in my cargo shorts. And I'm like, man, she's like, you're not going to get in trouble for uh, having that in there? I was like, man, I don't care. I was like, I might. But it, we was just thinking of, uh, of, like, if it was an officer that came and, uh, Told us that we couldn't have no snacks. I was just going to keep on walking. They were going to be like, hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to take off and I didn't care if no snacks fell off. But, yeah, it was just hilarious. It was very, very funny. Oh, my so, God. I'm pulling out my snacks. I'm pulling out snacks that they ain't even got in the fucking theater. So I'm pulling out a bag of Cheetos. And I'm like, damn, this whole house. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's a quiet theater. So I'm like, I'm trying to open the bag. It's like, <laughs> So I'm like, I was like, all right, cool. I got the bag open. I'm good. Ain't no noise. And I grabbed a chip and I was like, yeah, I almost got an echo. I'm like, oh, damn. No. I'm like, can't even enjoy these hoes. I said, you know, he goes by the call to console. And he's like, sir, he's eating snacks that you guys don't even sell here. So I want him out of here. He's like, oh, man, we're going to bust me up with some shit. Yes. But that was, this was hilarious. I'm trying to, like, not die laughing and I'm eating my chips. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, oh, that's too funny. If if you could be any character, uh, from any show, cartoon, movie, or book, what character would you be and why? I would probably be mankind from uh wrestling WWE. Oh snap! Yeah, because what was crazy is about I mean with him <clears throat> over. His whole career, he done took so much pain, and he kept going. Mm-hmm. And that's why, <clears throat> that's one of the kind of lessons in life that people don't even like look at it as a lesson. They just look at it as entertainment. But I just looked at that as a lesson. Like, yo, you couldn't break this dude. Yeah. And how can people reach you? 
with Instagram. Uh, you can follow me. <clears throat> follow me on my personal page at H T X Sean S H A W N, or you can follow us on our um our art page, which is Dope Art Dealers. That's D O P E A R T D E A L E R S. And uh, also, my card games will be on uh, Instagram on our page at Play Stereotypes. That's uh, Stereotypes with an S at the end. Or you can go to dopeartdealers.com or uh, if you want to uh, order a specific game uh, or whatever you want to order, even if you want to talk conversation, uh, you know, how we can all connect and network, you can also reach me on my cell phone. It's very open. Unless it's a number where I know it's probably a state that I see it, it's probably telemarketers or somebody <laughs> I owe them. A scam. I probably won't answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with the scam, <laughs> but you can reach my email at uh, T-H-E-U-N-I-O-N dot S-D at gmail.com or my cell phone at 281-750-9197. Again, like I say, my line is open, but if you... Call and want to talk about something. If I don't answer, don't get worried. Just leave a voicemail. Tell me who you are and what you want, and we'll go from there. I'll get back to you. Just uh, yeah, I mean, if it says Michigan, I don't know nobody. In Massachusetts, I don't know nobody there. I say, what you calling for? People that I'll tell you, Sally Mae is tricky as a hoe. Like they don't even call Sally Mae Sally Mae no more. I ain't got time she, for she her. She in the hood. Like her name Navian. Now. I'm like, man, she got. She gonna be a blacklist. Oh yeah, yeah. Real. Thank you so much, Sean, for doing this interview. Um, Sean will be back. We're gonna have more stuff to talk about in the future. I wanna thank you so much for being a part of this show. Definitely. I'll talk about my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a comment and share this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Characters Here and learn more at charactershere.com. And remember, don't be a stranger, be a character. Be a character. Be a character.